0: these are the times that drive men's souls tyranny like hell is not easily conquered tell me about it congressman
1: well i don't know why i came here tonight that's why i got the
2: feeling there's something right in case I fall off my chair.
3: Fighting tyranny, i
2: I'll get down the
3: But so we'll do it anyway.
2: Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Here I am. Yes, I'm stuck in the From
3: Pacifica with Radio you. in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast, as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in L.A., Also in California, in Red Bluff and Redding on KFOI, Round Mountains, KKRN, and Eureka's KGOE. In Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's KSO and Eugene's KEPW. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP in Grand Rapids on WPRR, in New Orleans on WHIV, Gallup, New Mexico's KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, in Fayetteville, Arkansas on KPSQ, in Seattle on KODX, Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM950, KTNF. We also stream coast to coast and around the globe every day for you on the internets on the Progressive Voices channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, Deprogrammed Radio, and Detour Talk, blanketing Planet Earth five days a week. I am Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all around swell fellow and tyranny fighter from Brad Blog. Com. Thank you very much for joining us today on what is, yes, another historic day in these United States as the U.S. House held hours of debate, if we can call it that, on Wednesday as they marched towards the passage of articles of impeachment against the 45th president of the United States, a man by the name of Donald John Trump accused of abusing power when he asked Ukraine to announce an investigation into his political rival before the 2020 election and of obstructing Congress when they attempted to examine that abuse, uh, which included the withholding of a White House meeting and nearly $400 million in congressionally appropriated military assistance to Ukraine, amid their long, ongoing war with Russian separatists in the East. We will be joined momentarily by our our full impeachment crew, including Desi Doyen, who is, as always, uh, already here. Hi, Des.
4: (laughs) Yes, hi.
3: And in just a few minutes, Heather Digby-Parton will be here as well for thoughts on Wednesday's historic debate and vote and some of the myths included uh, in the Republican response to it all and to discuss what comes next in the U.S. Senate, after hours of several hours of debate over the rules for the debate over impeachment, U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi opened the debate on the House floor that would lead to the nighttime vote to impeach the president of the United States for only the third time in our nation's history.
5: This morning and every morning when we come together, members rise and pledge allegiance to the flag. Every day, all across America, children in school, members of the military, officials, and those uh, civically engaged also pledge allegiance to the flag. Let us recall what that pledge says. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic, to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. The republic for which it stands is what we are here to talk about today. A republic, if we can keep it. We gather today under the dome of this temple of democracy to exercise one of the most solemn powers that this body can take, the impeachment of the President of the United States, No member, regardless of party or politics, comes to Congress to impeach a president. But every one of us, as our first act as a member of Congress, stood on this historic House floor before our beautiful American flag and raised our hands in this sacred oath. I do solemnly swear that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. So help me God. For 230 years, members have taken that sacred oath, which makes us custodians of the Constitution. When our founders declared independent and established a new nation, they crafted a system of government unlike one ever seen before. A republic, starting with the sacred words, we the people. For centuries, Americans have fought and died to defend democracy for the people. But, very sadly now, our Founders' vision of a republic is under threat from actions from the White House. That is why today, as Speaker of the House, I solemnly and sadly open the debate on the impeachment of the President of the United States. If we do not act now, we would be derelict in our duty. It is tragic that the President's reckless actions make impeachment necessary. He gave us no choice. What we are discussing today is the established fact that the President violated the Constitution. It is a matter of fact that the President is an ongoing threat to our national security and the integrity of our elections, the basis of our democracy. Hundreds of historians, legal scholars, and formal prosecutors, regardless of party, have stated that the President committed impeachable offenses. Since today is a national civics lesson, though a sad one, I submit these documents for the record and commend them for students to study.
4: Add objection, so
5: order. Thank you, Madam Speaker. What we are discussing today is the established fact that the President again violated the Constitution. It is a matter of fact that the President is again an ongoing threat to our national security and the testimony of decorated war heroes, distinguished diplomats, and patriotic career public servants, some of the president's own appointees over the past weeks, have told us this. The president used the power of his public office to obtain an improper personal political benefit at the expense of America's national security. When a president weakens a democratic ally that is advancing American security interests by fighting an American adversary, the president weakens America. This abuse of power also jeopardizes the integrity of our elections. All Americans agree that American voters should choose our president, not some foreign government. The founders understood that it is profoundly corrosive for our democracy for a president to invite interference in our elections. As George Washington, our nation's patriarch, under whose gaze we stand today, warned, history and experience prove that foreign influence is one of the most baneful foes of Republican government. George Washington. Sadly, the American people have witnessed further wrongs of the president which necessitate the second article of impeachment, obstruction of Congress. When the president's wrongdoing was revealed, he launched an unprecedented indiscriminate, and categorical campaign of defiance and obstruction. Never before in the history of our nation have we seen a president declare and act if, act if he is above the law. The president goes even so far as to say and act on this absurdity when he says, Article 2 says I can do whatever I want. No, it doesn't. That recklessness is a profound violation of the Constitution and our republic, which endured because of our system of separation of power, three co-equal branches, each a check and balance on the other, a republic, again, if we can keep it. The founders' great fear of a rogue or corrupt president is the very reason why they enshrined impeachment in the Constitution. As one founder, William Davy of North Carolina, warned, unless the Constitution contained an impeachment provision a president might spare no efforts or means whatever to get himself re-elected. Another founder, George Mason, insisted that the president who procured his appointment in the first instance through improper and corrupt acts might repeat his guilt and return to power. We in Congress, Article I, the legislative branch, must stand up and make clear to the American people and to all people that this body still stands by the principles enshrined in the Constitution and defended by generations of Americans. Last week, in observance of the 75th anniversary of the Battle of the Bulge, members traveled to that hallowed ground to express our gratitude uh, to the heroes of freedom uh, who sacrificed everything to secure victory of freedom over tyranny, not just for America, but for the world. The veterans of that battle, who were there in their 90s, uh, told us how after the war was won, the Europeans to whom whom they liberated would ask, why did you risk us? You don't know us. And give your lives to save us. We're not Americans. And our men would say, we came here to fight for you, not because you are Americans, because we are Americans. As our beloved Chairman Elijah Cummings and Oversight Committee Chair, our North Star, said when announcing his support for this action, quote, when the history books are written about this tumultuous era, I want them to show that I was among those in the House of Representatives who stood up to lawlessness and tyranny. He also said, almost prophetically, When we are dancing with the angels, the question will be, what did we do to make sure we kept our democracy intact? Elijah, as you know, has since passed on. Now he is dancing with the angels. And I know that he and all of us here are very proud of the moral courage of members, want to honor the vision of our founders for a republic, the sacrifice of our men and women in uniform to defend it, and the aspirations of our children to live freely within it. Today, we are here to defend democracy for the people. May God bless America. I yield back the balance of my time. Then, Lydia back.
3: That was House Speaker Nancy Pelosi opening debate on articles of impeachment on Wednesday morning in the US House. There was little or no defense of what Trump is actually being accused of in the articles against him from the Republicans. Rather, instead, we heard a litany of grievances from them over the process itself and claims that this is being done only because Democrats hate this president and want to overturn the 2016 election, even though impeachment and removal from office actually does no such thing. The closest thing I was able to find to a legit defense of the president, sort of, came from Wisconsin Republican and former House Judiciary Chair Jim Sensenbrenner.
1: Uh, Madam Speaker, I rise in opposition to impeaching the president. The Constitution says that any civil officer, including the president, may be impeached for treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. Unlike the Nixon and Clinton cases... There are no allegations that the president has committed a crime. We've had almost three years of nonstop investigations. We've had the Mueller report, we've had the Schiff investigation, we've had the Nadler investigation, and at no time is there any evidence that indicates that Donald J. Trump uh, violated any criminal statute of the United States. So why are we here? We're here because The majority caucus, the Democratic caucus, has been hijacked by the radical left. They have wanted to reverse the course of the 2016 election ever since Donald J. Trump won that election. So let's look at these two phony articles of impeachment. Uh, First of all, abuse of power. The phone call in question had the president say, our country has been through a lot. I want you to do us a favor, not me a favor, us a favor. And there he was referring to our country, the United States of America, not a personal political gain. He was not afraid to let this transcript go public and he released the transcript almost immediately after the call. Now the second article, Impeachment, Obstruction of Congress, it basically says that unless the president gives us everything we want and when we want it, uh, then he's committed an impeachable offense. That's a bunch of bunk. Uh, the president has certain individual and privileges by virtue of his office. Whenever there's been a dispute between the executive and legislative branches heretofore, they've gone to court. And the Supreme Court a couple weeks ago said, they would take jurisdiction over deciding whether the president had to comply with one subpoena relating to his tax returns. Now here, the Democrats have been bent uh, to impeach the president of the United States before the court decides this. And this means that there's a rush job to do this. And why is there? Because they want to influence the 2020 elections and they spent three years doing it. They spent millions of taxpayers' dollars, including the Mueller report, uh, putting together uh, this uh, impeachment. And they also have had this Congress wrapped around impeachment and not doing their jobs until the dam broke this week. Stop this charade, vote no, and I yield back. Yields back, the from Mr. New York. Speaker,
0: the gentleman from Wisconsin knows full well The president asserted no privileges here. He simply ordered complete defiance of the impeachment inquiry. I now yield two minutes to the gentlelady from Pennsylvania, Ms. Scanlon.
3: That was uh, Democratic House Judiciary Chair Gerald Nadler responding to Jim Sensenbrenner's remarks there, which included, frankly, a whole bunch of lies. But, hey, it was the best I could come up with for you. We'll talk about some of those lies with Heather Digby Parton shortly. But as to the response from Donald Trump and the White House today, his administration fumed on Wednesday, according to NBC News, as the House prepared to vote to impeach him. And they prepared in turn for, quote, war. Over the move. Aides and allies said the anger stems from Trump's fear that impeachment will stain his legacy. Frankly, a stain on his legacy to me seems like it might be an improvement. In all caps, Trump tweeted, so you know he means it, even though a previous White House statement just prior said that he did not plan to watch the House debate. In all caps, he said, such atrocious lies by the radical left. Do nothing, Democrats. This is an assault on America and an assault on the Republican Party. He continued. Can you believe that I will be impeached today by the radical left? Do nothing, Democrats. And I did nothing wrong. A terrible thing. Read the transcripts. This should never happen to another president again. Say a prayer, Trump wrote in one of more than 30 tweets and retweets from his account by early afternoon on Wednesday. He spent most of the morning in the residence, according to White House officials upstairs in the White House. Televisions were tuned to cable news. White House official told NBC, we are all mad, describing the president's reaction as one of, quote, disbelief that the process had reached this point and his team as being, quote, angry this is happening. I suspect comments like this from Michigan Tea Party Republican turned independent Justin Amash didn't make them any less angry.
6: Impeachment is about maintaining the integrity of the office of the presidency and ensuring that executive power is directed toward proper ends in accordance with the law. The Constitution grants the House the sole power of impeachment, and the Senate the sole power to try all impeachments. We in the House are empowered to charge impeachable conduct. The Constitution describes such conduct as high crimes and misdemeanors but it, because it pertains to high office and relates to the misuse of that office. We need not rely on any other branch or body to endorse our determinations. We have the sole power of impeachment. In Federalist No. 65, Alexander Hamilton wrote that high crimes and misdemeanors, quote, are those offenses which proceed from the misconduct of public men, or in other words, from the abuse or violation of some public trust. They are of a nature which may, with peculiar propriety, be denominated political, as they relate chiefly to injuries done immediately to the society itself. President Donald J. Trump has abused and violated the public trust by using his high office to solicit the aid of a foreign power, not for the benefit of the United States of America, but instead for his personal and political gain. His actions reflect precisely the type of conduct the framers of the Constitution intended to remedy through the power of impeachment, and it is our duty to impeach him.
3: That was conservative Michigan Congressman Justin Amash. More where that came from. And Heather Digby Parton joins us next on the broadcast as the president of the United States is finally impeached. I'm Brad Friedman.
1: Since taking office, he has consistently encouraged foreign actors to interfere in our elections. He has thumbed his nose, Madam Speaker, at the legislative branch. Enough is enough. We must protect our Constitution, our democracy. I will vote today to prefer serious charges against President Trump and deliver the charges to the Senate for trial, a place where President Trump can defend himself and attempt, if he chooses, to convince the Senate and the American people that his conduct does not violate the Constitution.
4: He undermined America's national security. He sought to sabotage our elections. He elevated his personal interest over the interests of America. Then he tried to cover up his scandalous behavior, and he obstructed the investigation. He violated his oath of office, but I intend to uphold mine to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States of America. The president must be impeached today. Let's impeach
2: the president for life. Yeah,
3: let's. Welcome back. It's the Bradcast. Keep playing that a little bit, Dez. Yeah, because I think it's still, you know, that was written, that was Neil Young abusing all the power that we gave him. That was written for, uh, actually, George W. Bush and his impeachment that never came. Though a lot of it still works pretty well for this president, uh, I think. And uh, before Neil Young there, you heard Democrats G.K. Butterfield of North Carolina And Kathy Castor of Florida explaining why they believe the president of the United States must be impeached today. Debate on the House on the floor of the House of Representatives for the long overdue impeachment of Donald John Trump, in this case for abuse of power and obstruction of Congress, continues as we go to air today, barreling toward what appears to be an inevitable, if largely partisan vote approving those articles against a president of the United States for only the third time in our nation's history. The next step, at least in theory, is that the articles will then be conveyed to the U.S. Senate for a trial on the removal of the president of the United States at some point after the first of the year. That's the theory anyway. There is still much that remains unknown about how that part of the process will play out joining us again to help us make sense of this extraordinary moment in history is the very wise woman who we turn to on the very day that Donald Trump came down the escalator to announce his fateful candidacy in 2015, and again at pretty much every noteworthy point along the way in the shameful history of this presidency. And yes, during most of the key impeachment proceedings in the House against Donald J. Trump, that wise woman is, of course, the great award-winning opinion and analysis journalist Heather Digby Parton of Salon and Digby's Hullabaloo. who who may, uh, once again, be doing double duty for us this week as there's a 2020 presidential uh, Democratic uh, debate coming up later this week. Oh, Heather, have you, as our fellow uh, West Coaster, been awake since long before the crack of dawn once again today for Gabble to Gabble coverage until at least I pulled you away to uh, join us on the broadcast?
7: Yes, I have. And I guess I should thank you for pulling me away for a few minutes, no. because it's been a long morning, let's put it that way. It,
3: it has been. been.
7: It's uh, been a long day already. Uh, uh, but, you know, yeah. this is history in the making, and and I wouldn't miss it. Um, I don't care if I have to get up at 3 in the morning. I remember getting up at 3 in the morning to watch people counting votes in Florida in 2000. Oh, so, yeah. You know. Yeah, uh, we West Coasters. It's always <laughs> happening over there. Isn't
3: it, it? It's true. Well, before we get to Wednesday's proceedings on the floor of the House, uh, I, I wanted to get your thoughts on the uh, very quickly, because I got a lot to ask you about uh, your thoughts on the uh, single spaced, six page unhinged <laughs> attack letter from Donald Trump that was sent to House Speaker Nancy Pelosi on Tuesday. Describing the process that we have been watching all day on Wednesday as an impeachment fantasy and a, quote, perversion of justice, wherein he insisted that the uh, the accused in the Salem witch trials were afforded more due process rights than him, among other things. Your thoughts on that letter, Ms. <laughs> Parton?
7: Well, as for the Salem witch trial thing, I think we should give Trump the same due process <laughs> Maybe you know, a little water dunking, maybe yeah. <laughs> you know, bring on some uh what they call it? O- occult specter witnesses. Uh-huh. I mean, I think I think that'd be good. I think okay. that would I think he should have the same <laughs> Uh (laughs) The same due process that the uh, accused (coughs) witches had. Um, Look, that that letter was unbelievable. And, you know, to me, I I mean, you know, we say this virtually every time I come on here. Mm -hmm. You and I have been talking about this since the day he rolled down that that escalator in 2015, you know. What in the world is happening here? I mean I
2: don't what know.
7: is going on? you know sometimes I just feel like kind of screaming uh, you know into the void. I mean that mm-hmm. was crazy, yeah, that letter was nuts. now here's the thing. when I first read it, you know, it dropped yesterday morning, and mm-hmm. I read the whole thing. I'm going, man, this is crazy, and th- what I thought was he dashed this thing off in having a temper tantrum. That's bad enough, right? I mean, that's a terrible thing. He's the president of the United States. And the stuff he said, and it was ridiculous. But I thought, well, okay, so he just had a little, you know, a little outburst here. It turns out that he worked on that thing for days. And he and Stephen Miller and Mm -hmm. a couple of other people were huddled in a room together. They actually put that together, including the grammatical errors and all the exclamation points. I mean, this was was proofread. you know <laughs> what they, they, sent it
3: they worked hard on their project, and they would appreciate if you did not make fun of it uh, oh, okay I'm uh, very sorry I, they, they, you know, they extremely tried.
7: rude of me it is you know they uh, get it, it they get it. Forever. There you okay? go. Uh,
3: now uh, speaking about how weird all of this is, uh, constantly going on and screaming at the TV or into the void or into a sock in the backyard—take your <laughs> pick. There's a lot of uh, GOPers were clearly upset during uh, the Wednesday hearings, uh, according to their House speeches, about what they described as. as a lack of minority rights in this process. Now, is it just me, or does the use of that phrase by these guys ring just a little bit, I don't know, ironically or hollow uh, for you when you hear that as well?
7: It's hilarious. I mean, it's absolute. I mean, look, it is just another example of what I've been calling the Republican superpower, and one of the reasons why, we're in this situation to begin with, and why this thing just keeps hurtling down the road at 100 miles an hour, and there's nothing we can do, seemingly, to actually stop this man short of, you know, hopefully, God willing, mm. getting him out of office next November. And that is, their superpower is utter shamelessness. Mm. If you have no shame, if you are completely willing to stand up and be a 100% hypocritical and care not at all that you sound like a complete, you know, just so inconsistent mm-hmm. that there's something wrong with your brain function. If you're willing <laughs> to do that, then you can get away It's amazing there's, how much power you have. Well, I, I mean, I, case in point, of course, yeah. is Lindsey Graham, right? I mean, the right. perfect example. Um, he was in the, you know, he was one of the house managers in 1998. There is a mile of footage of him. Saying all these things about the Constitution and how you have to keep an open mind and mm-hmm. you know blah 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 the rule of law and now he's completely. I made up my mind. I'm not. Gonna, you know. Right. I don't even need to hear any evidence. You know. I mean, this is this is crazy. But they're shameless. They're not held to account at all by their own vote. Well, and I got to say, nothing they say and do hmm. makes a difference.
3: And I got to say, uh, in fact, that superpower you talk about, that shamelessness that you talk about, that was actually arguably weaponized and used by Donald Trump mm-hmm. to become president. Absolutely. He you know absolutely did weaponize that. But a big picture here first, uh, and then I want to get into some of these myths to see if we can debunk some of them that I've been avoiding because they're annoying, but... You know, I'll I'll just annoy you instead, Heather. Uh, so, big picture first here. Even with the adoption of articles of impeachment, the odds are still you know wildly low that sixty-seven senators uh, would vote to remove the president in the Republican majority U.S. Senate. Where I should add, no president has actually ever been uh, removed, voted out of office. So, uh, as you see it, and, and Desi, I'll get your thoughts on this as well. What What is all of this really about if it won't re- result in the removal of the president, Heather?
7: Well, that's a good question. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> and uh, a difficult one to answer. I think what, what the Democrats, look. The Democrats, I think, and I'm going to give them some credit here, that that you know, on some level, they really are just saying we have to do this because he's he's committing crimes mm-hmm. <laughs> before our very eyes. And you, if you don't say something, if you don't at least stand up against it, mm-hmm. regardless of whether or not they are so uh, blinded um, in their loyalty to him that they will refuse to remove him from office, this it has got to go on the record. There has to be some sense that in this country, this is not how, uh, you know, most people, um, b- you know, believe we should operate, and it's not constitutional. So, I, I mean, I will give them credit, and yeah. I think, you know, we've seen some of these, you know, so-called frontline um, Democrats, who mm-hmm. I think, had they wanted to vote against this, Nancy Pelosi has a cushion there.
2: Mm-hmm. It, it,
7: they could have done it, and yeah. from all, uh, everything that I read, she was not whipping that hard. She was giving them some room to do it if they really felt they needed to, and and you know two, there are only two who, so far, so far? Who have said that they'll vote against, against it, and one and a, I guess there's one half he's going to vote against one of the articles and not right. another one, the guy from Maine. In any case, I'm I'm surprised because I honestly did think we'd see some defections. Usually, you do with Democrats. There's always some that are in these Republican districts or in these swing districts yeah. where they feel vulnerable. And usually the the democratic way has not been to, you know, bring the hammer down hard on people like that and to let them, you know, do what they feel they need to do. So I'm impressed. That they actually well, have all, and I think it wasn't easy because we've seen some of those town halls, and you can tell there is some discord in their districts over this. Well, so y- good for them.
3: You you make the point that uh, and and I like I say I hate to give Democrats credit for anything, but it may be that they are doing this for the you know for the right reasons, just because it's the right thing to do. And, you know, but that's hard to believe, given how many times presidents should have been impeached because it would be right, you know, the right thing to do, but they look at it politically and say, no, we can't. But here they have done that.
4: In this case, I, I do believe that they actually are saying that this is where we must draw the line. This is putting the, uh, the, the, the line there that it mm-hmm. cannot be crossed. This is the marker. And it also does them the favor of putting Republicans on record. So even if Republicans are not going to vote to remove him in the Senate, they all have to be on record. And so does the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court. He's going to have to be there on record making these calls, Mm. and that's going to affect the legacy of the Supreme Court as well.
3: Now, to set up my uh, section here on myths that I I would like to bust, uh, by way of of fairness, uh, let me play uh, at least one of the GOP responses today, you know, one of the reasons I don't like to play these myths is because then you have to debunk them. Or actually, one of the reasons I don't like to play the GOP responses throughout these hearings is because there's stuff and nonsense and lies, and it takes time to respond to them. But this seems like a a good moment to do that. And, and as crazy as this one sounds, uh, I could have selected another dozen or so, not unlike this one. So let me play this in full, and then I'll offer you, uh, uh, Heather, the uh, the softball tee up the softball uh, response here. This is Clay Higgins, Republican of Louisiana at uh, Wednesday's uh, impeachment debate in the floor of the House.
0: I have descended into the belly of the beast. I have witnessed the terror within and I rise committed to oppose the insidious forces which threaten our republic. America is being severely injured by this betrayal, by this unjust and weaponized impeachment brought upon us by the same socialist. Who threaten unborn life in the womb, who threaten First Amendment rights of conservatives, who threaten Second Amendment protections of every American patriot, and who have long ago determined that they would organize and conspire to overthrow President Trump. We don't face this horror because the Democrats have all of a sudden become constitutionalists. We're not being devoured from within because of some surreal assertion of the socialist newfound love for the very flag that they trod upon. We face this horror because of this map. This is what the Democrats fear. They fear the true will of we, the people. They are deep establishment DC. They fear. They call this Republican map flyover country. They call us deplorables. They fear our faith. They fear our strength. They fear our unity. They fear our vote and they fear our president. We will never surrender our nation to career establishment DC politicians and bureaucrats. Our republic shall survive this threat from within. American patriots shall prevail.
3: Okay, so I I heard a lot from that drama queen, but not an actual defense of the high crimes and misdemeanors that the president is being accused of. Heather?
7: Uh, yeah, you don't hear a lot of defenses throughout. That one, I watched that one in real time. And, I'm, of course, the map he's referring to, in case people didn't see it, is that map that shows you know that big swath of red in mm-hmm. the middle of the country and all the little blue places where all the people live in right. America.
2: Right,
7: um, Because this is their, the, again, there's a, that's a good myth to bring up, actually, is this one that somehow or another they're the majority because their map Shows a wide swath of you know rocks and plants, Goats trees and bushes, but people, right? People, you know. So this is this is one of their favorite you know things to do. And of mm-hmm. course, this guy. I mean, come on. Yeah. You know, I mean, in fact, you know, in a weird way, it was kind of refreshing because I hadn't heard that kind of hardcore, sort of far mm-hmm. right defense of the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. In a while. I mean, that's still, you know, that's almost a tea party kind of rant yeah. there that that guy had going on. Um, so that's not really been in fashion in the Trump. Era because usually it's just, you know, Trump right or wrong. And he was not,
3: he was not alone. Uh, there were, you know, quite a few of them talking about, you know, our socialist friends this and that can't win elections and uh, they want to kill the babies and all of this stuff. That was, there was quite a few of them uh, throughout the day. And really, as I said, none of them seem to be come up with uh, seem to be able to come up with an actual defense for the things that he is actually being uh, accused of. So let's run through a few of those uh, those myths that they are using in lieu of, you know, actually defending the things that uh, Trump did. A lot of folks saying this is an effort to undo or nullify the 2016 election. We've heard that one a lot. Uh, I wish that was true, but it's simply not true, even if Trump is removed from office. I, I've been been driving me crazy because I haven't been able to speak to that one in detail, which may be the most used. So uh, would you like to do so first, Heather? <laughs> um, an effort to undo the 2016 election. Yeah, that that's what I this mean, is about.
7: You know, actually, that's in the Constitution. It's the impeachment clause, and yes it's it is designed to undo <laughs> the election that's what it's what it's there for, and it's there to undo the election of someone who abuses their power, otherwise known as as committing high crimes or high misdemeanors, uh, meaning mm-hmm. they are crimes done by someone who is in a high position, the president
2: mm-hmm. uh,
7: or it, you know a judge or someone else who, you know, is subject to the impeachment clause. Um, That's what that is. It's there for a reason. Mm -hmm. And um, the idea that these people, many of whom, by the way, Brad, and I'm sure you remember this, you go back maybe not as far as me, but pretty far back, (laughs) Uh, wasn't that long ago when these people were impeaching somebody? (laughs) Yep. <laughs> you know and and they were ranting and raving about the rule of law and you right. know and how it you know it didn't matter what it was they had to preserve it for the spirit of the constitution and blah 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 you know so the a lot of these people uh, at one time understood the constitution to be had that that clause to have meaning now it, but- Clearly, do not have that
3: now. Well, and to to be fair, uh, back in the, uh, I think you're referring to the, at least to 1998, the impeachment yeah. of Clinton. Uh, it was Democrats who were saying that uh, they're just that Republicans are just trying to undo the election. But the fact is, in truth. Uh, impeachment does not undo an election. I wish that it did. I mean, it'll end up, you know, with a Republican in his uh, in his stead if he were removed from office. And all of the judges, True. all of the policies, all of the family separation, that does not go away. You know, this is not like, you know, a, a time traveling in Thanos and in an Avengers movie. All the crap that this guy has done for the past three years would still be in place. And
4: also, I would like to point out that House judicial Chairman Jerry Nadler on the House floor said, my my colleagues keep saying this, but in reality, the framers included impeachment as a way to remove someone who is abusing his power before the next election, between elections, because we can't wait until the next election because he's trying to rig the next election right now.
3: Uh, there was uh, this guy, John Rutherford of Florida. Well, you know what? I'm not even going to play him uh, because he sort of wins the "I know You Are, but what am I award for his defense of of Trump, which includes saying that uh, everything the republic uh, the uh, Democrats are doing is exactly what Putin wants. That,
7: <laughs> that was, was a good one. Yeah, yeah, that I was know. a really good one. I know. <laughs> I thought, hmm, boy, somebody ought to listen to that one. That's an interesting one, yeah.
3: It, it was uh, very strange, but I don't have time for that uh, because uh, he's, <laughs> part of his uh, his rant there was that uh, there were no crimes here, and we saw this from others. Tom McClintock, Republican yeah. of California, said that abuse of power and obstruction of, uh, of Congress are what he called quote made up crimes? Now Heather Digby Pardon, I know you're not an attorney, but your uh, comments in response to that uh, curious claim.
7: Well, you know, look, this idea that <laughs> that number one, the the impeachment clause, very specifically did not say. Well, they didn't even have a criminal code at the time it was written, mm-hmm. and it wasn't meant for that in any case. And I mean, truly, when you look at the, and, and you know, we've heard a lot of. Constitutional scholars over the last month or so mm-hmm. making this case over and over and over again that the founders were really really concerned about a a you know an executive in there you know they it wasn't like a parliamentary system where you could call an election for instance you could lose you know that uh, you that we had these set times for elections right. and there had to be something you could do for an executive who was in particular. Um, abusing their office for personal gain, and specifically, perhaps, using their office um, to, to you know, work with a foreign power in some way mm-hmm. for their personal gain or for, you know, in some kind of a treasonous capacity. They named treason, they named bribery, and then they gave this sort of, um, you know, mm-hmm. sort of you know, bigger kind of uh, amorphous sort of uh, words, high crimes and misdemeanors, which they understood to be abuse of power. The idea that anybody has, that a a president has to commit a specific, you know, crime in the federal register is ridiculous. That was not what it was for. And by the way, even if they do, what they're saying and, you know, and what Trump is is claiming is that he can't even be investigated for regular crimes, much less... Um, you know, b- b- indicted for any kind of federal crime. So basically, what what the Trump people and the Republicans in this particular case are saying is that a president is completely above the law while he is in office. There is absolutely nothing that you can do. There's no such thing as a high crime. Yeah. And there, and he can't be investigated or or indicted for doing a regular crime. So basically, he can do... Donald Trump says this out loud, I can do what I want. That's, and, that's the theory.
4: But, of course, it only applies if you're a Republican. Because course, if there was a Democrat, it would be completely different. Well, oh and my that's, God. That's, well
7: 1998, for example. Well, I mean, and that that's, was a civil case.
3: Th- that's <laughs> what's uh, so amazing about so much of this, because they know. They know that the things that they are saying are simply not true. I mean, I don't, I don't know about yeah. that Clay Higgins guy who was talking about the belly of the beast. He may just be a lost cause. But most <laughs> of these people clearly know that this cannot be true because they've made the case. They've been making the case for years. They made it under Obama. Oh, this is tyranny, you know, under uh, uh, Bill Clinton. And yes, of course, when the Constitution was passed, there were not many laws at all. So, you know, they had that sort of the catch all high crimes and misdemeanors. And by the way, there actually are crimes that are in this uh, report, this uh, yeah. the, the judicial, uh, Judiciary Committee report. There's bribery, there's wire fraud, there's soliciting uh, 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 support from uh, f- uh, foreign powers for an election. All of those are crimes, even if you go out and say there are no crimes here, just because you say it. <laughs> does not make it. so. All right. There's uh, this uh, quid pro quo. It it can't be quid pro quo. It can't be bribery. It can't be a pressure scheme because the Ukrainian president Zelensky himself, as well as his chief of staff, apparently have said that Zelensky did not feel pressured on that phone call. Well, that seems to be an airtight case, Heather. uh, No crime. Mm -hmm. He said so himself.
7: Right. And by the way, you know, it's like, you know, the way he said it. I don't know. Do you remember watching that that uh, that press conference at the UN when when Zelensky was sitting there? You know, oh no, it was fine. Really, I, I, I had no problem. I I'm, <laughs> seriously, I mean it. Yeah. You know, I mean that is obviously he he is desperate to not make an enemy of the president of the United States and trying very hard to maintain some kind of relationship because he has russia actually you know invading his country, mm-hmm. and it, there's been plenty of reporting in the last couple of weeks that you know they are really very very concerned because Trump didn't just do that it wasn't just that, even in recent days, they were expecting that he was going to that you know that the they were anticipating that they had this meeting. The Ukrainian leadership had a, a meeting with the Russian leadership, mm-hmm. Vladimir Putin, to try and discuss what was going on on the border there, and you know, to try, maybe try and you know, come up with some kind of a, a settlement. Right. And they needed desperately for Donald Trump to you know make a, a comment, even a tweet, that indicated that he was on their side. Right. Not only did he not do that, yep. he met with the foreign minister Lavrov in the White House, a meeting which the Ukrainian president still desperately still has not gotten, and And they watched all this, and there is something you know they're starting to think maybe it doesn't really pay no matter what they do, no matter how much they agree, no matter how far they go, it's not really going to be good enough. I mean, and this was something that Bill Taylor, the ambassador to Ukraine, brought up. In his uh, in those famous uh, mm-hmm. you know WhatsApp text messages, right. in which he said, "My concern is is that they'll agree to do all this stuff and then we won't deliver." And that is exactly what's
3: happening. Yeah, and they never did deliver that White House meeting that Zelensky yep. uh, so much wanted. And uh, and that's something uh, that's another myth that they sort of <clears throat> have been. The Republicans have been sort of passing over, saying, "Well, he got everything he wanted. He got the money. He got the." No, actually, he still has not received that White House meeting. Let me do one more here uh, before I want to take a quick break and come back and talk about where we go moving forward from this. So very quickly, uh, and this needs to be responded to, the claim that Donald Trump is being impeached for doing exactly what Joe Biden did, but Joe Biden was worse. This was uh, Steve King of Iowa and others made this case that Joe Biden withheld one billion dollars from Ukraine while the uh, uh, while he was vice president unless the Ukrainian prosecutor investigating his own son was fired. Now, there's a whole bunch of lies in what I just said, but I'll let you uh, unpack them if you wish, Heather.
7: <laughs> sure. I mean, the, the timeline is all off on that. It is true that Joe Biden went to Ukraine uh, back in, what was it, 2014, I guess, mm-hmm. and he said, you know, he told them that they needed to fire this corrupt prosecutor uh in order to uh, you know get the um you know the aid that mm. they were entitled that they were supposed to get now he was speaking on behalf of the entire western alliance in doing this because this prosecutor was completely out of control and by the way this prosecutor <laughs> had dropped the case sometime before against the uh hunter biden hunter
3: biden yeah Two, two, so years, two years, two earlier. years earlier, before,
7: yeah. yeah, I mean, this is like this was not a case that was ongoing at that time, <laughs> so they, the the idea that somehow or another Biden was doing his son's bidding there is completely absurd, and you know, can I just ask you something they, These people say this stuff and they sound very sincere in their belief I, it, are they are they just dumb? Do they not know that this is so, wrong? No, I think or they're corrupt. Or are they just lying?
4: Well, I think they're corrupt and lying, personally. Well, it's a tough call.
3: Are you stupid or lying? I mean, that's really the question for a lot of these people. A lot of them, I think, don't know because they hear this stuff repeated over and over again. By the way... It was not $1 billion in aid. It was $1 billion in loan guarantees. It wasn't even going to cost us anything. And the criticism was that that prosecutor needed to be fired because he was not tough enough on (laughs) corruption.
4: Right. Right. And Biden was doing this as official government national U.S. policy. He was doing it in public. Trump was doing it in secret for his own personal benefit against official national U.S. policy.
3: Let's take a quick break here. and We'll come back with uh, Heather Digby-Parton and, of course, Desi Doyen uh, as our special impeachment coverage continues on impeachment day in the U.S. House as articles of impeachment are adopted, passed on the House floor against the president of the United States for the third time in American history. I'm Brad Friedman and you are listening to The Bradcast. and thanks. All right, welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from BradBlog.com. We are back with our uh, our impeachment crew on this historic day. That would be, of course, Desi Doyan, as ever, our uh, producer here, and our impeachment uh, hearing and debate uh, wing woman, Heather Digby Parton. Uh, Remember back in the old blogging days, Heather, when everyone thought you were a dude? That, I do. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, all right. Well, listen, I think that I deserve some credit here, since I'm uh, fairly certain, Heather, that you were here uh, when I think I asked you about this. I suggested months and months and months ago that the um, Republican, then Republican, now independent Congressman Justin Amash, should be one of the House managers. Yep, I remember. During the, Okay, good. Just want to make sure I get credit for that during the Senate <laughs> <You> trial, <do. laughs> because a lot of people are starting to talk about that. Uh, so Okay. Uh, Okay, good. I get credit. But B, do you think that's actually, uh, can we expect that to happen? And would that be a good idea as you see it?
7: I definitely think it would be a good idea. Um, I think that, you know, one of the big criticisms of all this is that it isn't bipartisan and, you know, there isn't anybody coming from the right. The truth is there are plenty of people from the right who are opposing this they just don't happen to be elected officials justin amash is one
2: Mm -hmm. and he
7: was a tea party republican who got came in on the tea party you know election i think it was twenty ten and he's a strong, hardcore libertarian, civil libertarian mm-hmm. and he you know, and he's had plenty of of, of criticisms of FISA and, and the FBI and the way all the things, but he has read everything and he understands that Donald Trump is a criminal in the White House and he has said so. He was basically drummed out of the Republican Party. I think that mm-hmm. is a powerful symbolic thing. I think he would be great. I think he's very articulate on these on these issues. However, I know that being a House manager in an impeachment trial is you know used to be once in a century that mm-hmm. <laughs> that would happen right, right. uh but now I guess it's every twenty years or so but <laughs> it's a ver it's a big perk for anybody, so there are Democrats I'm sure who are lining up and putting a lot of pressure on Nancy Pelosi. But there's,
3: there, I think there's like a lot of them. Isn't there like 20 impeachment
7: managers? Yeah, there are. Surely I mean, I there's, there's room they, for him. you can fit him in. And also, you know, Pelosi has said, look, we're very concerned we want to have diversity, both regional and we right. want to have regional and we want to have, you know, ethnic and racial and gender diversity, et cetera, et cetera, which makes sense. But, you know, Amash is a good, he's from the upper Midwest, you, you know, uh, uh, he's uh, up there from Michigan. Yeah. And he's, you know, one of those, Comes from that kind of you know Rust Belt sort of sort of uh, district that I think sh- you know could be well represented there, and he's you know a Republican, so talk about diversity. Yeah, well, I think it's a great idea, and I think you know look, this is the, there's drama is involved in this, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with thinking along those lines and you know one of the things i've been writing about this lately is this idea of you know how do you persuade people who've been so propagandized that they honestly no longer ha- are in touch with reality how do you how do you change people's minds? how do you make them mm-hmm. look at something differently and one of the ways that you can do it is through a trusted interlocutor
2: mm. if you
7: had find someone on their side you know like i think maybe you know, Amash in this case, or people. I just wrote a piece uh, to you know the, today about um, Andrew Napolitano. Yeah. Um There are those voices that, and I'm, I don't think they can penetrate most, right? I mean, I think a lot of it's just tribalism, but and, and Trump cult, you know, cultism, Trump cultism yeah, yeah, cultism. But there are a few people on the margins, people <clears throat> in some of these suburban districts, you know, people who you know may you know, be, uh, have their minds opened a little bit by listening or seeing someone like Amash make the case. So I'm all for it.
3: Yeah, and indeed, uh, since you mentioned Napolitano, he had, uh, he's got a piece out on uh, Wednesday in the right-wing Washington Times. He's a Fox News host, whatever, um, and he says it is undisputed that Donald Trump abused his power. Very quickly, uh, there is some talk of not sending these articles to the Senate immediately, rather leaving them hanging over Donald Trump's head throughout the uh, uh, election process and continuing the investigation. Do you think there is anything to that? I know you were not in; you were in favor of slowing things down. Uh, but is there any chance that that might happen, or uh, Democrats aren't nearly uh, clever enough to do something like that?
7: I would have said no, that they wouldn't do it, because they seem determined to rush this through as fast as they can. But uh, for uh, I think that I know the reason why... They may be having second thoughts, and it's not just because some constitutional scholars have been promoting it. Uh, I read a piece that had even Steny Hoyer saying, well, I've got to talk about this. Mm. And the reason for that is that Rudy Giuliani is out there committing crimes as we speak, and he's doing it publicly in the New York Times. He's going on Fox, and he's basically, you know, saying, yeah, I, you know, I, I, you know, got rid of Marie Yovanovitch, and I, you know, and he's out there. Um, there's all this money that's suddenly showing up, coming from Russian sources, going potentially through to Rudy Giuliani, who we don't know how he's being paid for his Trump uh, defense. Mm-hmm. This is something that's happening right now as we speak, and I am guessing—and this is totally my speculation—I could be way off—but I'm guessing that because this stuff is all bubbling up right now, and the president is not in any way distancing himself from Rudy, he's mm-hmm. retweeting him and ta- saying he's a great guy and he's doing it out of love, et cetera, et cetera. That I have a sneaking suspicion that the Democrats are thinking hmm, maybe we ought to just wait a little bit and see what else happens mm. here because there may be something much more, you know, much more of a smoking gun coming out of this Ukraine thing. And, you know, I mean, they're not stopping. They're doing it. it, it, it does not, they haven't even, yeah. you know, calmed down for, like, you know, maybe a bit wait until the impeachment. Well, over because that, that, would, it, that you know? would
3: be an admission that they were doing something right? wrong, and they feel that they have absolutely any right they uh, want to do this, and so they are going to not, uh, you know, they're going to not stop. They don't want to admit that they were wrong in any way, shape, or form. So they will uh, they'll keep digging this hole I think um, yeah. all right we've got to get out here uh, Heather will you be joining us uh, for debate coverage later this oh, week sure. it, it does look like it is uh, actually happening now that the uh, strike has been called off at Loyola Marymount out here in uh, in Los Angeles so we'll talk to you in a few days uh, in a um, In a brief post-impeachment world, I guess, or pre-impeachment, I'm not even sure how this works. I can't even keep up, but you can keep up with Heather Digby Parton at Salon.com, and of course at her own great blog, Hullabaloo, which is digbysblog.blogspot.com, and on the Twitters at digby56. Thanks, Heather. We'll talk to you soon.
7: My pleasure. Happy impeachment, everybody.
3: (laughs) Okay, also my thanks to Desi Doyen, our producer. Thank (laughs) you very much. And to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's program or any other, download them anytime for free at bradblog.com. That is made possible thanks to those of you who stop by bradblog.com slash donate to help us do what we try to do every day over your public airwaves. bradblog.com slash donate. Drop me email if you like. I am bradcast at bradblog.com. And on the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am The Brad Blog. That is it. Until we meet again tomorrow, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.